Hey everyone, you're listening to Hotel Vicarious, a podcast where two friends have a lot to say about their favorite TV shows and movies. This week, we're discussing a Christmas classic, The Holiday. Hello. Hey, Jenny. How are you? I'm good, Daria. Hello, listeners. We are back from our... We are. ...holiday. What a holiday. It was so nice to be not beholden to recording. Not that we don't love each other, but we're lazy. Yeah. It's been a crazy few months. <sighs> yes. But boy, was it nice to take a, a little break. Yeah, it was. But now it's really fun to come back. We have a super fun holiday episode planned for all of you. Yes, we do. It's going to be a lot of fun. But first, Daria, you have to tell us how your Thanksgiving turned out. Oh my god. So, it was good. It was fun. It was not nearly as stressful as I thought it was going to be. Though I, I do think it is, it's genuinely impossible to time everything correctly. <laughs> yeah, like it is hard. <laughs> trying to make sure that the turkey wasn't raw while I was heating up everything else and like, you know, making sure that I had enough oven space and microwave space. I used my air fryer for a bit to heat things up. Like, awesome. it was... A motley crew of warming situations. (laughs) And it's honestly a lot harder to carve a turkey than I thought it was. (laughs) What you gotta, I don't know where, if I either saw it on like a Martha Stewart website or maybe it was Bon Appetit. Could have been Bon Appetit. They have this like super great how to carve a turkey. And it's like they tell you, like you basically have to like rip the thing apart. And then you cut it. (laughs) Yeah, if I had fucking known. I mean, it was my husband and I's first time. And he's, like, looking at it. He's got the knife in one hand and, like, one of those big, like, forks in the other. And he's like, all right, how do I do this? And I was like, I don't know. And then we couldn't rip the legs off. Like, we were having a Uh, struggle time. So it kind of looked like it was completely hacksawed by, like, a wild animal by the time we were done with it. But it tasted good. You know what? Honestly, I don't even care. As long as it's on a plate, it doesn't matter what it looks like. <laughs> we well, Honestly, in my family, we take all the meat off the bird. The bird does not go on the table. No, no. <laughs> so. we, we, we put cut it, put it on a plate, put the plate out. That yeah. was what you saw. Perfect. The turkey was like hiding in the kitchen. Yeah. Looking ravaged. Did you keep the carcass to make turkey stock or turkey soup? Honestly, I had planned to, but by the end of the night, I was so tired of looking at it that I, like, pulled off all of the remaining yeah. parts and then just threw it out because I was like, I'm, I'm yeah. over you. I'm so tired of you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to smell turkey anymore. I'm I wanted done. nothing to do with it. Yeah. But it was good. It was nice. This is a reminder for everyone who had turkey or ham or any other meat product last Thursday, you need to throw out your leftovers. 
you can't eat them anymore okay guys it's enough is enough yeah we ordered indian food for dinner tonight because i could not stomach more stuffing and mashed potatoes right yeah now we had greek food greek food yeah so just pretty good nice because i was building bookshelves all day and my husband is in like super crunch mode at work so we were just like food (laughs) okay it's it's amazing i'll i'll come upstairs at the end of the work day and my husband will be sitting at the desk that i'm currently sitting at right now as you record and i'll just look at him and i'll go so uh what are you in the mood for and he knows he yeah. always knows that exactly that means he can choose anything available in the right. near like yeah. five mile vicinity yeah exactly Ugh. perfect <laughs> oh gosh so we are close getting close to the holidays we are getting we are as my daughter says decking the halls that is her new favorite thing. She's like, Mom, can we listen to Christmas music while we deck the halls? <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> of course we can. Um, yeah. So we haven't really done any decorating for the holidays at all yet. Well, I have a planter of like evergreen branches on our front steps. And then I have one hanging like on the side of the house, like next to the mailbox. Um, but that's it. There's nothing in the house. <laughs> Uh, um, but I think it's probably going to happen this coming weekend. Um, we have to take our tree out of the garage and shake it out, plug it in, bend all the <laughs> leaves to, um, make it look presentable. But like, I have always grown up, um, with a real tree. Like that's just, my family just has a real tree ever since I was like, I don't remember not. My parents still have a, a real tree. Um, and my husband's family has always had a fake tree. So there were several years where I definitely made him haul a real tree um, back to our house and apartment uh, before we lived in, a, in this house. And, you know, <laughs> compromises needed to be made. <laughs> and I was like, that's fine. We can avoid the real tree we can avoid the absolute mess of needles that's true but this tree better look damn good and it better look real yeah (laughs) so that was our that was our uh so we bought a real tree or a fake tree on boxing day in i think 2018 yeah um like a really really good deal um but it's still very expensive but totally worth it um because i love it it's huge it's like seven and a half feet tall um it's probably like five and a half feet wide at the bottom damn. like it is a damn huge tree it's got a thousand lights on it Woo! yeah it's a big tree like i love christmas yeah <laughs> like, I, I really do um it takes me a while to like get into the mood but then like once i do like full-on like it's genetic, I'm pretty sure. Like, my dad is, like, Mr. Christmas. And, like, my grandfather was, like, they used to call him, like, Mr. Cri- like, he used to dress up like Santa Aww. for things. Like, my whole family is very into Christmas uh, in a big that. way. So, yeah. It takes me a little bit longer to, like, get into the mood. But, like, once I'm in, I'm just like, okay, 
150 miles an hour we're doing all the christmas things <laughs> so yeah i i feel you I don't do like church. well <laughs> <laughs> we don't participate that way either we're a secular christmas family right right we cut down our tree this weekend amazing and it was such an event we went with my dad and his wife and my like little half siblings and I think between all of us we had like four or five trees um wow because my dad has two trees we have one okay. tree my brother and his fiance got their tree and it was <laughs> no tree was good enough for like at least the first half an hour I think we wandered the entire farm before it was like just the right tree and I kept putting my right. husband like next to them to figure out how tall right. they had yeah, to yeah. be. And I just kept imagining our star like sitting on his head to like gauge the <laughs> ceiling height. And, you know, right. I, I we got so lucky. We found the perfect tree, though it is Amazing. like really um, thick. <laughs> it is like, yeah, thick- I know. You, you sent me a picture. <laughs> this is a thick boy, okay? It's like, a- <laughs> this is a girthy tree. It's I love so it. Wide. It's so perfect. <laughs> It's so great though. It's so great because it's like, it looks like, Daria, it looks like if someone drew a picture of a Christmas tree, that is the tree in your yard, in your living room because it's so like bushy. It's like you cannot see the trunk. Nope. No, not even a little bit. I love it. It's so great. I couldn't even see my cat who was sitting in it this morning when I woke up to sign on for work. I just saw these two eyes peeking through the branches, and I was like, you little shit. You have to get out of there. I know. Do you have a lot of glass ornaments? Are you concerned for this? Yeah. So over the years, we've gone from having, like, these just beautiful, delicate ornaments to now we um, have a lot of felt ornaments and, like, soft things that, like, yeah. (laughs) That if they happen yeah. to fall, they're not going to shatter yeah. in a million pieces. Right. Yeah, we've learned. Though I've already spent the, every morning vacuuming up needles. Like, it's only partially worth it to me to have a real tree. But I'm, like, a sucker. I, I, I need I it. I know. Yeah. Until I'm vacuuming on my hands and knees, like, 14 times a day. So, jokes, jokes on me. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, like... That was the other thing is, like, when we stopped getting a real tree was, like, when our kid could, like, walk. And so it was, like, every time she touched the tree, there's, like, needles everywhere. And then the needles are in her mouth. And then it's just, like, (laughs) real bad news. (laughs) So, yeah. So we were just, like, yeah, okay, I think it's probably time to, like, just, like, get a. But it's funny because we, so when she was younger, we had a lot of, like, plastic ornaments or, like, felt ones, cloth ones, wood ones, whatever. But, like, as she's gotten older, we've started to, like, buy those, like, glass ones again because we're kind of, like, in that stage now where she, like, she's careful enough. Yeah. Like, she's careful. She's as careful as any of us are. You still drop them, but, like, you know, she is pretty careful with them. And our cats, thankfully, knock on wood, um, one of them is just real old and then the other one is just, like, terrified. <laughs> so, which is... <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. No, he's just, like, scared of weird things. So, yeah, he just, like, he'll basically the, like, the bottom sort of, like, six inches 
those mm-hmm. things fall on and off the tree randomly and it's just a toss-up if it's the child or the cat <laughs> at this point i just had to touch it mom i just had to move it to one different branch it had to be there i was like okay sure <laughs> so yeah so i think this weekend is when we're gonna pull out the tree we're gonna put up all like i have a ton of like um garland that goes like all around our house like um, that I bought last year actually I think I bought it from Michael's it's like um plaid bows so it's not actual like evergreen garland it's like material garland um but it's super cute and so I put it like all around the hallways and so yeah so we have like I'm we're really getting into the you know Christmassy spirit haven't made any cookies though but that's coming so yeah that's gonna come I think a little bit later in the season we're still getting over all of the pies that we like finished up after it's true if I make them too early I'll eat them all so well yeah (laughs) (laughs) I can't keep cookies in the house for more than a few days my husband has such a sweet tooth he like he can knock him back like I haven't I've never seen a man eat my god that's like my husband and chips like, he yeah. cries when I bring chips into this house because he's just, like, has no willpower. <laughs> it's bad. <sighs> so, anyway, is there anything special that you are planning on doing for the holidays, like, in your house, decorating-wise, or? You know, it's our first Christmas in our house. Yeah. And so it's, like the first year where it's like we can do whatever we want there's like no rules right we went to this um beautiful garden center and we got this gorgeous fresh garland and we hung it all outside the front door and it was a hilarious process because i thought we'll just get like a bunch of command strips and we'll hide them and we'll hang it that way Um, yeah no fresh garland weighs quite a bit (laughs) And it was too oh, heavy. Yeah, true. We had, like he had them all ready to go. And we were using um picture hanging wire to like get them, you know, to hang. Nicely. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lasted about two seconds before it all came tumbling down. No. And so I'm, you know, I'm very gung ho about decorating. Like if I have something in my mind, I gotta do it and I'm gonna do it right and it's gonna look really good. And my husband's like, chill, just chill, like relax like a little bit. And I was like, no, we're going to nail this garland into the front door. And he's like, I'm sorry, we're going to do what? We're going to nail it? I won. I I won that. Of course you did. Listeners, I need to note that mine and Daria's husbands, though their birthdays are in significantly different spaces in the calendar, are exactly the same person (laughs) (laughs) because they have the same wife. It's true. Yeah, so I got these little finishing nails, and I was okay. hammering them into the. You can you can't even see them, like they're okay. in and behind the molding around the door, and then okay. the garland hangs nice, so you can't even see them, and it looks sure so good, awesome, so good. I have some faux garland that we're gonna hang inside the house, and I have yeah. some like pretty like brass things that I've collected over the years, and like. Nice. It's Stokey's having a hairball behind me. <laughs> We're just gonna have some dry heaving on the uh, podcast. <laughs> what else is new? Speaking. Cameo by Sookie. 
But yeah, no, I'm really excited. Like, we have a good portion of our stuff done, but I think this week is going to be like, you know, we're going to do our yeah. ornaments and we're going to get some lights going and it's going to be. Mm-hmm. There's like nothing Bye. more beautiful than a lit up tree in your house. Oh my God, I know. Like, Honestly, why don't we just do this is... all year round? <sighs> I know. Because then we would, we would resent it at some point. <laughs> That's true. That's why we just need it for like a certain amount of time yeah. so we can enjoy it. And then we it's not around so long that we resent it. <laughs> That's fair. Gosh. The holidays. The holidays. The holidays. The holiday. Hey. That's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Um the Nancy Myers classic 2006 The Holiday starring Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jude Law, and Jack Black. Oh, Jack Black. And a handful of other um, amazing characters that we see um, who I forgot were in the movie. <laughs> but it was great to see them. I, I totally, um, some of them, I was just like, what? What? <laughs> you're in this <laughs> i know and for like um, five seconds and you never see them again or, yeah you know, right like... right right yeah so you know it was like one of their first credits probably yeah. <laughs> well for some of them anyway okay so daria do you want to give the listeners a little rundown on what the movie's about if they haven't seen it yes so it basically is about two very like lovelorn women from opposite sides of the Atlantic Ocean, who arrange a home exchange to escape their respective heartbreaks during the Christmas season. And while they are in their, like, newfound homes on opposite sides of the ocean, they both meet some local men. Yep. And, you know, romance and drama ensue a little bit. Exactly. So, okay, let's, I'm just trying to see what we're going to do with this thing. Okay, so the movie uh, opens with Kate Winslet's character, Iris, um, who is a, I think she's a columnist, like a society columnist. Yeah, I think she does like wedding announcements or something. Wedding announcements and and things like that. (laughs) Right, exactly. So uh, for a newspaper in London. Uh, Right, like sort of right as the movie starts, we find out she is still madly in love with... I I hesitate to call him her ex. Because I'm not sure they actually ever dated. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, like, Jasper was clearly stringing along a whole bunch of women. Right. And, like, didn't really I mean, care about labels so much. Yeah, and Kate, um, sorry, Iris, in her, like, opening monologue, does talk about how um, it's unrequited love that she has for Jasper. And so she is basically trying to finish up her... I don't know, her um, wedding announcement or anniversary announcement. Um, And it's in the middle of the Christmas party. (laughs) The whole office is drinking and smoking. Um, I know, what a throwback to the early 2000s where you can just smoke all willy-nilly everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere. Everywhere. My God. Yeah, so this whole, like, sort of, and you can see she's kind of, like, pining 
out for him, like, from afar. Um, and her friend is just like, oh, you're still not over him? Like, what the hell? What? You can't be friends with people who, like, cheat on you or, like, don't... I don't even know if she says cheat on you. She's... It's basically just... I think she did say... Or someone who, yeah, who, so they must be exes because she's like, yeah, you're not, you don't stay friends with someone who cheats on you. Is yeah. basically what she said. So. Which is a good rule of thumb, everyone. Do not right. stay friends with cheaters. <laughs> right. So I, I'm trying to think of this. Hap- oh, yeah. So then she's finishing up her article and he like kind of pops into her office. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I have a Christmas present for you. Blech. But then he's like, actually, I don't have it. It's in my car. We should go down and get it. <laughs> gross. Yeah. So gross. Um, But then, of course, Iris has a Christmas present for him, too. <laughs> Iris. I know. So painful. And it's a first edition of some book, and it's just painful. Um, And then. It's such um, a, like, gen- genuinely thoughtful, beautiful gift. It and is because he's that a this creep. Got her like lingerie that probably doesn't even fit her properly. Right, exactly. Yeah, because you know he's a he's a writer too, um, for the same newspaper, and you know, so it's like an actual like she put thought into it, and um, so then they go out like into the like open sort of like area of the of the office, and then in like less than a minute from when they had their conversation. His unmarriage to some other girl who works at the newspaper is announced at the Christmas party. Yeah, just insane. I cannot believe it. And also, like, did no one know that Iris and Jasper had like a thing going on? And like, wouldn't they think that it's probably in pretty bad taste to like call out the announcement for? Iris specifically like what a kick in the teeth yeah it was a lot <laughs> so poor Iris is once again heartbroken I know but she like really holds it together she does she does until she gets to her cottage and you watch her go inside and the camera just like stays on the outside of the cottage and you just hear her sobbing. I know, from and the inside. caption just goes sobbing. <laughs> Sobs. <laughs> like So sad. Brutal. So sad. Oh, Iris. Poor Iris. Then we switch to Los Angeles. Yes. Where we see Amanda. Oh, Amanda. Amanda, who is Quite possibly the most early Audie's character I think I've ever seen in a movie. You know, like when you think of a time capsule of like 2000 to 2010, like she's a perfect example of what the fashion was like, what the thinking process was like, like all Mm -hmm. of it. It's it's really interesting Mm -hmm. to watch. Yeah, it definitely, time capsule is such a great word because in this movie... There are just some things that have not aged. We're just going to admit that now. No, yeah. Some things have not aged. On the whole, we still really love this movie. Absolutely. But we can't not talk about a couple of things as we come across them uh-huh. that are just real problematic things uh-huh. that, you know, 
once you know better, you do better. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. That's a beautiful way to say it. Yeah. So, okay. So, Amanda. Where is Amanda, Daria? She is breaking up with her boyfriend, who is a film composer. <laughs> the incredible Ed Burns. Who, oh, my like, God, Ed Burns. I genuinely love. Well, I, he hasn't. I Me mean, too. has he made a movie? I can't even remember the last time, but he had a string of like he did. rom-coms that came out kind of in the male perspective, which I think at the time was qu- quite different and interesting, but mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. probably they haven't aged super well. Mm-hmm. But it's it's kind of a nice like little Easter egg to have him play her. For sure, for sure. I agree. Yeah, he <laughs> He is like a hot Ben Affleck to me. <laughs> like the everyman type, right? Yeah. Like the hot guy that you could snag in the bar in real life. Right. Kind of he's vibe. not like that hot. Yeah. But he's hot enough. But yeah. he just looks like a more attractive version of Ben Affleck. I'm serious. He kind of to me looks like if Matt Damon and Ben Affleck had a baby. Oh, actually, that is accurate. Totally accurate. Yep. I could see it. I wonder if he would look better in the mullet wake for the last duel than Matt Damon. You know what? Your cat will look better in that mullet wig than Matt Damon. (laughs) That is the last time we will mention the last duel in this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yup. So. Okay. Yeah. Ethan, (laughs) a.k.a. Edward Burns is cheating on Amanda with his receptionist. So cliche. So cliche. But like was definitely um a trope that was used multiple times in Hollywood in the early to mid aughts. Yes. Well, yeah. But also to be fair, do men have more of an imagination than that when they're cheating? No, probably not. They are probably going, hmm, you're my secretary, you're my assistant. Super low-hanging fruit. Let's get at You're close it. enough. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, basically, she kicks him out of her gigantic Hollywood <laughs> mansion. Yeah. In, and it's weird because in the middle of their, like, freak, like, breakup where she's, like, yelling at him and telling him to get out, she's also, like, working. Yeah, what's going on there? Like, he he wakes up on the couch, and I'm thinking it's, like, quite early in the morning and, like, right, yada, yada. And he does mention that she, like, installed her own editing cave, but mm-hmm. I didn't think that her employees just, like, lived there, and they were just going to, like, yeah. wander into the house, like, being, all right, it's time to get to work. Right. And then, but we never saw them again after that one never. Scene. No. But her employees are played by the marvelous Catherine Hahn. Yes. And the delectably dorky looking uh, in 2006, John Krasinski. Yeah, he's, he's which like a I was just like, beanpole in this movie. He's so Oh my tiny. God. He has Jim Halpert hair. Yes. Like the full on bangs, guys. The full on bangs. And it was just so funny. Like, just, it was just great. Like, they had, I don't know, their scene was like, what? I don't know, five minutes, ten minutes, maybe. Yeah, but they were great. They were really They were hilarious together. However, however, we have to talk about 
our first slightly problematic um, incident in this movie uh, is um, Amanda's oh monologue about being a woman. It's it's Amanda to me is probably the most dated character in the film. And like Cameron Diaz yeah, I would is agree with a that. like beautiful shining star and she elevates so much of what she's given. Yes. But she is kind of the weakest character with the most basic kind of like personality and and frankly i feel like we'd be calling her karen in 2021 (laughs) no and i think that's true i think that if you took this movie and you you premiered it as is in 2021 aside from a couple other things most of the characters could time travel pretty well yeah i think so i think iris could time travel pretty well her brother graham could time travel pretty well even miles like yeah could time travel pretty well but there's just something about amanda that like you said is such a time capsule that just so do you want to talk a little bit about her yeah yeah so obviously in preparation for this episode we've been re-watching and you know trying to get a fresh take on it and she goes into this tirade about how women, when they're really stressed out, it alters their DNA and leaves them looking haggard. And then there's this like crazy stat that she uses that like women over 35 are more likely to be like murdered by terrorists than getting married. And then she very rent. I mean, like, Bringing up terrorism when you're talking about your boyfriend cheating on you and you needing to take a break is, like, such a wild jump that, like, to me pretty much just speaks to the, like, super prevalent xenophobia and Islamophobia that was, like, lingering in the U.S. culture at that point because it makes no sense. There's there's nothing sane about this line where you're, like – Women over 35 yeah. are more likely to be, like, attacked by terrorists. Actually, the only sane thing, the only sane thing about that is that she said it was reported in the New York Times. Yeah. And that sounds accurate. <laughs> that does sound exa- That's true. That's spot on. That shit is, is still 2021 for sure. That is definitely a New York Times article from 2021. But it is such an interestingly weird, neurotic monologue. It's, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. Amanda is the type A neurotic character. She can't cry. She talks without breathing a lot. Like, she gets the chest pains. Like, mm-hmm. she's that stereotype. Um, So it, it totally is in line with her character. But, like, holy shit, Nancy. Where did that come from? Why did we right. need that? This is a and, holiday romantic comedy. We don't need terrorism talk. Right, but like we were talking earlier, when we were getting ready for the article, or ready for this episode, there really was this, in 2006 in particular, it was about five years from 9-11. 
And there started to be this upswing Mm -hmm. in movies about terrorism, shows about terrorism. Hollywood was really starting to capitalize on this new bad guy that they had. Because it was just far enough away from tragedy to not be, you know, rude. But they were starting, you know, there was some, I'm thinking about like, you know, 24, which, you know, the Jack Bauer show. That was mm-hmm. insane. Um, and, you know, like other things like that all started. And this is just like, I think it was just, I honestly believe, like, I, I really feel like this was not even something intentional. No. That it was like, this is how people just talked in yep. 2006. And yep. that's what I mean when you say Amanda is a time capsule. This is one of those moments where yeah. it's like, that's how people were thinking. That's how people like, it was not great. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, not everyone was thinking like that. Um, but yeah, it was it was more prevalent for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So... She goes on her whole tirade. She says, I need to get out of here. And that's when we finally get the scene where Amanda and Iris agree to exchange their homes. But while Amanda is Googling for places to go, we cut back over to this gorgeous little cottage in this gorgeous little village outside of London to Iris weeping. Uh, just she's still like, this like victorian weeping woman like traveling from room to room mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she puts on the tea kettle to make tea and this is the other part of the movie that really does it that is one of a few that really wouldn't yeah. really travel uh no. to 2021 is is she a- briefly attempts she briefly attempts to end her life by inhaling the fumes from her stovetop. And not only that, is it just like, you know, so she's like bent over the stove, like huffing these gas fumes. And then she gets like a ping on her computer and it's Amanda. And then she's like, oh my God, what am I doing? And she like throws open her windows and she's like, low moment and slaps herself in the face. And it's like, low moment? <laughs> low moment, Nance? Come yeah. on. Like, no, no, this is um, therapy moment. Therapy moment. <laughs> Everyone in this movie needs therapy. So much therapy. <laughs> So, I mean, really, Amanda saves Iris' life. Because if Amanda didn't mention... <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Amanda didn't reach out, we don't know what would have happened in that little cottage. Oh, my God. So, um, originally, Amanda wanted to rent Iris's house. But Iris said, actually, it's a house exchange, so you would come here and I would go to your house. Yeah. And Amanda seems pretty okay with that, and so they agree that's what they're going to do for the holidays. Amazing. <laughs> truly truly amazing i was watching this with my husband who had never seen it before and he just kept going oh iris got really lucky amanda got kind of fucked like (laughs) amanda did not come out of this (laughs) as well as i guess it like depends because like i 
would die for that house that little gross cottage like i love it so much yeah that tub the bookshelves like just all of it i just love every single part of it that gas stove love that too (laughs) (laughs) real even heat guys real even heat Mm -hmm. yeah so so iris uh you know we see iris arrive in los angeles and she's like wow like this house is like five times bigger than my house like she's really just looks super happy mm-hmm. and then we see amanda who has to lug her suitcase like uh, so like so, like five miles yeah i don't know like, what like at least it was that so long. definitely could have made it like he picks her up his at the Rover. end of the movie yeah i think that guy just didn't want to no, he was feeling he real lazy that day. Yeah. She is here. She's there at the cottage. And she's like, this was a mistake. Yep. <laughs> I need to go home. Mm-hmm. She barely lasts, I think, like, what, 12 hours before she's like, well, I'm done. She I'm almost, like, runs over, like, five people in the village <laughs> trying to drive on the op- opposite side of the road. Yeah. Um, And then... She, so yeah, I think after her shopping excursion, she's just like, I need to leave. Like, I can't be here. And then there's a knock on her door. Oh, yes. And what a knock it is. Yes. We have Iris's handsome, sexy, peak Jude Law brother, Graham, at the door drunk as hell (laughs) drunk so drunk he can't stand up straight can't he's slurring his words he is definitely had one too many pints of guinness and he's like can i stay the night (laughs) because my sister lets me stay here sometimes and like at this point Amanda's probably gone through at least a bottle or two of red wine. She, like, can't sleep. She's totally over it. I think she's freezing. Like, she's a hot mess and a half. And she opens the door to this, like, beautiful, drunk British man. And, like, I think both of them just... Looking like Jude Law. (laughs) Yeah. I think they both just sort of lose their minds. (laughs) Because that's the only thing I can explain the rest of their interaction yeah so basically they i think they kiss right yeah he kisses her and then she's like you know what i'm never gonna see you again because i'm leaving tomorrow and you're really drunk and i think that means we should have sex i was just like what yeah again 2006 (laughs) yeah like if we can go bing another (laughs) dated moment that would right be that it's 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 there's a lot happening too in that scene because like they kiss and it's not good maybe and then she makes him kiss her again yeah and then they do that again and then she propositions him for sex and then she's like, apparently I'm not very good at it anyway, so I apologize in advance. And then he's like, how oh. do you feel about foreplay? And she's like, I think it's lame. And I'm just sitting there going, girl, what? 
What? What are you doing? Okay, listen. What's happening here? Like I. What? Yeah, I doesn't. I think her exact words are, "It's overrated." Yeah, which leads me to believe that Ed Burns what? didn't know what the hell he was doing. But also, Jude Law's like, oh, I think I like you more or something. Like, well, because he's I'm drunk off like, his rocker and he doesn't have the, the wherewithal what? to figure out how to do it right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, he's I like, honestly relief. was like, foreplay is over. I was just like, okay, this movie is about to lose me. <laughs> <laughs> but then, does it immediately go to the next morning? I think it does, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next morning, um, <laughs> the next morning, she's basically like, "I'm never gonna see you again. This is whatever." Like, bye, bye. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. trying to like ghost him in person, basically. <laughs> right, right, exactly. She's like, "You need to go." <laughs> yeah. Or I'm gonna go. No, I think she leaves first. Actually, um, yeah. yeah. So basically, they're gonna go, and she's gonna go, um. She's going to go to the airport, and then she gets all the way to the airport, and she's like, I changed my mind. (laughs) Well, right, because he, like, basically drops some moves. He's like, listen, I know that you're clearly, like, not super happy here, but, like, I had a lot of fun. I'd love to see you again. I'm going to be here at this place with some friends. You should be there. And, like, listen – if peak Jude Law was like, oh hey, girl, God. come hang out with me, yeah, I would probably skip my flight, too. <laughs> right. Um, also, he definitely made sure to mention that her ex didn't know what she was talking about. Oh, yeah. Like, he smooth, smooth operator the next morning. Yes, very. So, yeah, so that, and so then it ends, that sort of, like, little chunk of their interaction ends with him seeing her that night at the pub yes and then and by so by then I'm just like okay I think I forgot how much like I was like I this movie is not doing it for me I yeah I'm it's, like, it, it's at the point where you're like shit did I miscalculate because I don't like this <laughs> right exactly and then we meet Arthur Iris meets Arthur and I'm just like Eli Wallach such a cute little old man. Oh, he's precious. <sighs> he's a Oscar-winning screenwriter from like the golden age of film. Um, and you know, um, Iris like helps him home because he 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 gets confused as to where his house is, and so they start to like have this little friendship, and then she kind of sees that he's all alone, and and so she invites him out to dinner. And I just thought that was so cute. I was going to say, I think what I love about Arthur's introduction is it adds a level of meta to the film that I really yes. appreciate because he jokes about yes. their meat cute. Yes, and, that's you so know, great. Iris is sort of the proxy for, like, what what is that? And, like, it lets the audience know. And then you can you kind of get to see, you know, like, did Amanda and Graham have a little bit of a meet cute and like right. will Iris have her own meet is, cute? Yeah, like is Iris gonna get one? Like yeah. It sets it up in, in a way that's just really smart. And like that's something that Nancy yes. Iris does so well. Yes. I agree. But yes, tell tell um, us everyone more about Arthur because he's great. 
I know he is. So he is he and he has this they have this super like amazing conversation and dinner and she tells him all about her trouble with Jasper and he tells her to be the leading lady of her own life. Oh my god. There's that line, right, where he's like in movies you have the leading lady and the best friend. Right now, honey, you are the best friend. Yes, exactly. And she's like, oh my God, I should be the leading lady in my own life, you know? Like, yeah. It's such a good so moment. Good. It is. And so he gives her this big long list of um, movies with strong female characters to watch um, so she can find her gumption, I think. Yes, gumption. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, we sort of see her and, and Arthur get to know each other and she visits him and that's when he, we find out he is being honored by the Writers Guild of America with like a night all about him and his contribution to like the craft basically. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I'm not going. (laughs) No. Um, cause you know, he's like. He kind of, you know, he's, he's like, I'm old now. Like, I don't want to walk across the stage in this walker. And like, he's just, he doesn't want to do it. Yeah. And Iris has such a, and like, of course it's Kate Winslet. Like, cause she just has this way. Mm-hmm. Just like, she just has this such, I don't know. There's something about Kate Winslet. Like, I have loved her since I was a very small child. Uh, <laughs> but like, <laughs> You know, she just is so, she has this way about her that she just portrays in all of her characters as just being so genuine. Yeah, that's the word I was just thinking of. Like, there's such a naturalness to the way that she plays a character. It's very, very uh, believable. No matter what she's doing, it's believable. And this sort of, like, gentleness that she has about her in this movie mm-hmm. is like so lovely um because yeah. she really does kind of want the best for the people around her <laughs> so while she's becoming friends with arthur she also meets miles who is miles. a film composer friend of ed burns and he's like coming by the house to pick up some of his equipment and um, he has this beautiful actress in the car with him when he arrives. And um, like big shout out to Shannon Sossaman, who like does not get the credit she deserves. Uh, and she has like four lines in this movie, but she's brilliant and I love her so much. Yeah, um, she Shannon Sossaman is so great. Um, fun fact, uh, Shannon Sossaman and uh, Rufus Sewell, who uh, plays Jasper, we're in A Knight's Tale together uh, in 2001. Which is, like, um, one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> Legitimately. Like, there's been no Legit. movie since The Knight's Tale that has been as good. <laughs> like, there's... Nope. We, nev- no. It's a one-of-a-kind, iconic, legendary, beautiful film. It really is. Film. Yeah, and I, and I, and sometimes I wonder, like, is it the magic of Heath Ledger, or is it the magic because Heath Ledger is no longer here. I think it's both. I think it's both. Like, I don't think anyone could have ever played that role as well as him. But I also think that it was just this uniquely 
bizarre period piece with modern music and weird fashion and like anachronistic everything and like it was a chaotic like beautiful mess that movie (laughs) oh yeah for sure um you know and the guy who wrote it has written some really good movies like since then but I just feel like nothing is just quite as like unique as A Night's Tale fully agreed I had it on VHS. Ah! I know. The soundtrack was, like, uh, on repeat on my little iPod shuffle. You remember those, like, little, like, skinny minis? I do. I had one. Yeah. I was a big fan. So tiny. Anyway, we digress. (laughs) Sorry. We got real distracted by Heath Ledger. Okay, yeah. So, she meets Miles. (laughs) And And they do have a little bit of a meet cute. They do because all of a sudden, like, the wind goes crazy. These Santa Ana winds. And she gets something in her eye and he gets it out for her. And it's just very, it is very meet cute. It is very, like, out of a movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's really, yeah. So they definitely, I would definitely say that's their meet cute. Yeah, and, like, even though, obviously, we know Miles is with Maggie, there is a shit ton of physical chemistry between Iris and Miles in that moment. And you're just sort of like, shit. Okay. Okay. Like, Jack Black did not know that you had it in you to be this, like, sexy love interest but he does it so well look Jack Black is a master of many things that is true I like honestly I have there's there's no movie that he's in that I don't like even like the like crazy wacky ones or like School of Rock which is Oh, I'm sorry. A Such a great movie. movie. Yeah. Um, but also he's like an incredible musician and absolutely phenomenal songwriter. <laughs> like his lyrics. <gasps> I know. Love them. Now I have to go listen to Tenacious D on repeat. <laughs> so she tells Miles what she is doing mm-hmm. um, with her list of movies that Arthur wants her to watch. And he goes with her to Blockbuster Video. What a beautiful just I I had this really rough moment while I was watching because we used to go to Blockbuster on Friday nights growing up and it was like a really big deal. Like we would pick out a movie my parents would pick out a movie. We would get the um, big jug of movie theater popcorn and a yep. Twizzlers, a packet of Twizzlers. Like, that was our thing. Mm-hmm. And I just thought briefly, wow, wouldn't it be so cool if Blockbuster existed now? I could rent so many movies. <laughs> I was like, I'm an adult Daria. with expendable income. I could just walk Daria. out with, like, 15 movies. <laughs> And, like, obviously I can just watch whatever the hell I want online now. But, like, there was something. I felt like I was robbed, Jenny. I felt like I was robbed of a moment that, like, Blockbuster doesn't exist anymore. Like, okay, now I'm going to go on just, like, another little tiny tangent. (laughs) But, like, my husband and I have had this conversation 
multiple times and with our daughter, um, it's like, she will never know the anxiety of having to pee during a commercial. <laughs> she will never have that urgency no. of being like, it's gone! It's coming back! It's starting! <laughs> she will never know. She That's lives in an so age true. where the pause button has always been a thing. It's fucking weird, dude. Like, it, it blows my mind. It's weird. And we wonder why it takes her 500 years to eat dinner or to put away her clothes. I know. There's no there's She, no she does not understand urgency. <laughs> there is no, this is going to start in half an hour, so you better get everything done. Oh, my God. I really miss. I'm just saying. Blockbuster. <laughs> I know. So I have another fun fact about this Blockbuster video scene. First... They took all of the movies that were, that had Kate Winslet or Jack Black in them out of the store to avoid distracting them during the filming. (laughs) And Dustin Hoffman is in the scene. Did you notice him? Like physically his body? Like as human Dustin Hoffman is in that scene? Yes. No! Yeah, so apparently he saw them filming in his blockbuster. Like, that's his local blockbuster. And he saw them filming and he walked over and he knows Nancy. Of course he knows Nancy. Um, And she's like, oh, do you want to be in it? And he just, like, did an uncredited cameo in the blockbuster scene. So you have to go back and watch it. What the? <laughs> well, I, I know. I, that's amazing. I know. That's amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. But the most important part about that blockbuster scene, aside from Jack Black's improv singing, (laughs) it was improv, of course, um, is that he sees Maggie, his girlfriend, who he thinks has been in New Mexico for the last six or eight weeks with another guy. And he goes and confronts her and... Iris watches him through the window basically break up with her at a blockbuster. <laughs> oh, it's so... Shouldn't it's be laughing. Like, so, yeah, because it's it's so hard to watch because he, like, busts out of the blockbuster and, like, shouts her name and it's like... Yeah. Ah. Like, it's so, so hard and, and Iris is probably watching going, oh, no, that's me. Like, I've been there. Right. And, like, it really yeah. does lead to this really sweet moment between the two of them back yeah. at Amanda's house. And, like, she And it's Christmas him- Eve, right? Yeah, it's Christmas Eve. Okay. And it's this, like, super rough moment because, you know, he's talking about, like, well, what, what could she possibly see in me? And then that leads Iris to talk about Jasper. And then Miles is like, mm-hmm. shit, you need this drink more than I do. And... <laughs> Right. He makes her like they they make uh, Christmas Eve fettuccine and it's it kicks off this like really like uh, you know in the beginning Iris and, and Miles have chemistry but they're definitely more friends mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that moment kind of kicks off like a little bit of a d- different vibe to their relationship like obviously I think so. they're both getting over people but. Mm-hmm. They're getting to know each other and spending so much time together. And, like, it's it's mm-hmm. a really sweet – it's it's cute. It's a really cute kind of 
yeah. path. To It's so different I, from Amanda and Graham. So it's, like, quite nice yes. to Yeah, see. it's definitely I, the juxtaposition of the two is, like, is nice to see two different sort of ways a relationship can start. Um, and I think um, that's when we kind of see... I want to say we see her, Iris and Miles, like, working together with Arthur. Iris is, like, exercising with him so he can walk on stage with it as Walker. And then Miles is writing music for him, for him to, like, walk out to and stuff. So we kind of see this, like, you don't see overt, like, romance between them. But you definitely see this, like you said, this building of this friendship. Um, And then we... <laughs> Flip back over to England <laughs> and uh, basically, you know, Amanda tells Graham that, you know, she hasn't cried since her parents divorced when she was 15 and I can't remember. You'll have to remind me why she goes to his house. Yeah. But so, I can't remember why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Graham sort of is like, listen, I know that this is like maybe a fleeting thing for you, but I actually really like you. Let's go out for dinner or lunch. They go out for lunch. Mm, and they yes, go out yeah. on this date and they have this really great, great date. They do not stop talking. Like conversation comes pretty easily to them and they yeah. kind of open up to each other. They get back to her cottage and she doesn't invite him inside because she's right. like, I'm leaving in a few days. Yes. I don't do yes. complicated. Like, this isn't mm-hmm. me, whatever. And he's yeah. respectful and fine, but obviously he's disappointed. And she, like, goes mm-hmm. in to the cottage and she's just like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> this, like, hot British man wants to see me and be around me. Like, I'm just going to just... I'm going to go. And she, like, grabs some groceries and wine, and she shows up in this, like, beautiful outfit outside of his house. Yes. And he's like, fuck. (laughs) Because he has two daughters. Two adorable little girls. Adorable, precocious little beans. And I love them. Yeah, they're great. Um, and I looked up the actresses, and they haven't really been – they aren't actresses anymore that I can find. Aww. They kind of – yeah, I guess they just, you know, maybe it was like a, you know, answered a casting call in a sm- – <laughs> yeah. you know, somewhere in Surrey, and it's just like that was it, you know. But they are super cute, Sophia – Sophie? Sophie and Olivia. And Olivia. And what's funny is that – during Graham and Amanda's kind of like sleepovers, he gets a few phone calls that he either doesn't answer or he goes and answers outside and one is from Olivia and one is from Sophia. And like, I just want to briefly call out how silly it is that his like baby daughters have their own contact information in his phone. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Because one is like four and the other one is like six and like they clearly don't have cell phones. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like such Mm -hmm. a weird little plot hole that I'm like, what? Because the joke is that maybe he's like sleeping around and Right, a bunch of girls. (laughs) Yeah. And then when Amanda meets them and she puts two and two together, she realizes that those phone calls are from his daughters. Uh, But I'm just thinking like, uh, what? (laughs) How? Yeah, and then we have (laughs) that beautiful moment when Jude Law is like, I am daddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's such 
a good scene. It's such a good scene. This delivery is so good. So then we get this really great little evening where him and the girls make hot chocolate for Amanda and he does this silly he acts silly for them and she gets to see kind of like another side to Graham and then she gets to see this beautiful huge tent that he's built them uh, in their bedroom and they all are lying down uh, in the tent and (laughs) Olivia is like telling Amanda how she smells good and how she loves perfume but her dad won't let her wear it (laughs) it is such a cute it's such a cute scene and it's like Mm -hmm. so nice to see them all together and like you know it it softens Amanda for sure for sure um, yeah which her character desperately needs Mm-hmm. Like we mm-hmm. need that moment with her with the girls because it like makes her so much more likable. Mm. And I don't know which one of the girls they refer to them and their dad as the three musketeers. Yes. Which is what she had referred to her and her parents and her as to Graham the night before, I think. Yeah, it's a great little callback to that that moment. It really was. After that he basically i guess they go to sleep and then him and amanda have this conversation where he basically is like sorry i didn't tell you it's really overwhelming being you know a widowed father and working and raising these kids and so he kind of like compartmentalizes um his life which is like no daddy you need to go to therapy (laughs) (laughs) uh but you know 2006 was about compartmentalization so yeah there wouldn't be a movie if he went to therapy so i guess right so basically at that point they kind of begin to think like any sort of relationship between them is kind of like more complicated than they could kind of do at that point because he doesn't really want to introduce her as like a fixture in his children's lives because you know she's not really going to be around and so yeah, it's kind of like they don't they kind of leave it open-ended, but they kind of the feeling that you get is that yeah, they kind of know this isn't going to go anywhere. And like, listen. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you know, fair. I that's a super fair thing, and I, it's it's hard because like they obviously have a lot of chemistry. They like each other a lot. And maybe Graham is a little bit more of a romantic and he's a little bit more willing to try, mm. but I think Amanda's very so much is. to go back to that type A kind of, you know, I mean, she's just like, no, I don't really think that this is going to like, I'm never going to yeah. move to London. You're never going to move to LA. Like, it's just right. yeah. not going to work. And there is, I don't know when it is, and I think it's before this moment where he talks about how he he's a crier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's either at their first date lunch or somewhere with the girls. Like, yeah, he says that he weeps at everything. Right, and she never cries at all. Right. Yeah. Which I do love that little characterization for him. And that's kind of where it ends for Amanda and Graham for a little bit. And then we're back in LA. It's the night of the gala honoring Arthur and... Miles and Iris are having dinner. Mm-hmm. 
right? Is it dinner or lunch? I think it's lunch. Yeah, and they're at a sushi restaurant having lunch, and he gets a call from Maggie, who says she wants to talk to him. And that is the first time we kind of see Iris feeling disappointed. Yeah. Like, we kind of see, like, she she kind of was, even though we hadn't really seen it, like, heard it verbally or really seen it, clearly she is starting to have feelings for Miles and him being like, I gotta go, you know, I need to, I need to go talk to her, you know, I gotta get Maggie back is kind of just a, it's like a little bit of a blow (laughs) to Iris and, you know, because that's kind of, jasper behavior well and i think it's really funny too because it's like i think she feels this sort of uh it's like a bittersweet moment because she's like clearly i I like this guy and he's gonna go back to his girlfriend and i think part of her is also like wow i wish jasper would have been like that for me and prioritized me in in that way Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. because she does say like oh she finally came to her senses so it's uh, right. it's a really interesting but so sad moment for Iris. Right. And then Jasper freaking shows up. Jasper is the most unhinged character in this entire movie. None of his choices make any sense. Like, he flies to L.A. to, like, secure a side piece, basically. It's insane. Like I don't get it. Like, he's insane. Yes, he, he is such a narcissist. Yeah. And like just oh, he's so tiring. <laughs> but it's finally the moment when Iris realizes what the hell am I doing? Yeah. You know, like He's trying to make all these plans with her. And then she's like, well, what about your fiance? Like, have you broken off with her? And he's like, uh, well, I'm still getting married. And she's like, what? Yeah. He's like, I wish that you would accept how complicated this is for me. And it's like. Right. Dude. What? Right. Fuck off. Yeah. All the way. Fuck all the way off. Right. Exactly. And so. She is just like, no, I have somewhere to be tonight. I need you to go. I need you to get the hell out. And he's like, what's gotten into you? Like, what the heck? And she's like, you know, I finally found gumption. Yes. she slams the door (laughs) in his face. I love that. It's such a good scene because I, and then Kate Winslet sells it, right? Like she, you are rooting for her so hardcore at that point that when she slams that door in his face, you're like, Yes. Right? Yeah. And also, um, on a side note, it must have been super vindicating for Kate Winslet, considering she had already dated Rufus Sewell uh, for three or four months at some point before this movie was made. I didn't know that. Yeah, they had dated for like three months. I don't think it was like when the film was happening. Like, I think it was a prior thing. I don't know when it was, but I do know that they that they did date, apparently. That is wild. Yeah. So she gets ready and oh, one thing when Miles is leaving to go see Maggie, he's like, 
I got to get over to, I don't know, wherever she lives. Um, but he's worried he's going to be late yeah. for Arthur's for Arthur's big night. So her and Arthur leave and they go to the theater. And like the theater is like empty. And I'm just like, oh, OK, because <laughs> I totally don't remember the ending of this movie at all. At this point. <laughs> I'm just like, it's gone. Yeah. And so, oh, I love it. I love it so much when like they're like, OK, we're ready for you. And like they they like usher him into the theater and it is just like absolutely jam packed. Arthur's arc in this movie makes the movie. For sure. Like, as much, obviously, like, as much as we both love romance and romantic comedies and, like, will they, won't they, having Arthur's storyline grounds the entire film. I agree. Just. Yep. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's like the heart of the movie. I, I look forward to that scene every time I watch it. I know, and when he goes up the stairs by himself. He likes speeds up those stairs. stairs. He he really does. (laughs) He's like, oh, God. And then he's kind of doing his speech, and it kind of, like, fades out to his speech, and you see Kate, or Iris, standing there. And then Miles comes, like, running down the the aisle. Yes, because the theme music comes on as he's getting up the stairs, so we know he made it. Right, exactly. It's... It's really a cute, cute moment. And then she, does she, he says, are you going to, he says, oh, I broke it off with Maggie. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's like, I broke it. It's not happening. It's donezo. Yeah. Uh, which is again, such a 2006. I know. I said it all word. the time after Laguna Beach. Donezo. Oh my God. Donezo. I actually still say donezo to be honest. <laughs> I mean, obviously. It's one of those things that just lingers. Yeah. But, yeah, so she finds out that he has broken off with Maggie, and he asks her what she's doing for New Year's, and she said, she says, oh, I'm going to be back in England for New Year's. And what does he say? He's like, I've never been to England. I've never been to Europe. If I go, will you be my date on New Year's? Yeah, and then she says, like, yes, I think, and then they kiss. And it's, like, yes. the most, like, chaste, like, cute little kiss, but it's so perfect. It is really cute. Yeah, it's so great. And then, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Okay, so <laughs> then it flips to Graham and Amanda. And they, <laughs> okay, this is another, like, seriously like 2006 trope thing that used to happen in movies a lot if the two people in the movie have just had sex you know it was good sex if their heads are at the foot of the bed (laughs) and they're laying their opposite way from the head there's like no pillows on the bed anymore like the sheets are all tangled but like it's such it is such a thing that was used in Mm -hmm. the early to mid aughts that was just like if you had crazy good sex, it's you're definitely not sleeping in bed the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like when it came on, it just made me laugh so hard because it was just like, oh, God, is that how we did it? Is that how we to- is that how we told this narrative? <laughs> well, and so it's funny. like um, 
you know, they're laying there together and then he tells her that he's in love with her. Dial it back, bro. He is, I mean, and like, you know, for for someone who has two little girls and he's like compartmentalizing his life and like obviously not introducing girls to his daughters until it's super, I mean, he's like, all right, it's been um, uh, 10 days. Let's get married. Like he's in it, in it. But like their lives are so completely different. And so. She's like, okay, I'm going to (laughs) go. She doesn't say I love you back. She's like, maybe we can figure this out, but I got to catch a a flight. I got to go home. Yeah, but they do kind of try to say that they're going to do long distance, sort of. Sort of. Yeah, it doesn't seem super promising, though. No, it's like, okay, we're going to do this, and I'm never going to talk to you again. Yeah. Uh, Kind of thing. But then Amanda gets in the taxi, who miraculously got to the house, no problem. I know! (laughs) And she gets in the taxi, and they're driving away, and then she starts to cry. It's amazing. Like, honestly, and I just, I really do love Cameron Diaz, but, like, sometimes I just wish that this movie was just about Miles and Iris. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, you know, the the Cameron Diaz uh, and Jude Law storyline is just not as compelling as no. the Kate Winslet Jack Black. And that's, you know, they do their best. Yeah. They do their they very do, best. They do, for sure. And yeah, like, yeah. With Cameron Diaz's retirement, like, I forgot how enjoyable she is on screen. Like, she is just, like, the cutest little thing. She is, for sure. But, yeah, this was not my favorite half. Movie. Yeah. No. So she starts crying and she realizes, oh my God, I'm crying. And then she runs all the way back to the cottage. In three inch heels. Like, didn't she learn the first time when she was carrying her suitcase through like miles of snow in stilettos? She was like, yes, let me put on my stiletto boots to go to the airport. Like, such. A 2006, like, all women must wear heels in every scene kind of choice. But, like, also, what was the rush? I know. Why is she running? She could have taken her time. Like, he wasn't going If you just anywhere. drove there and he was gone, you would just drive to his house. Yeah. You know where he lives. <laughs> like, it's just like. <laughs> just seems like totally nonsensical to me. Uh, but you can't have a romantic comedy unless someone is running into someone else's arms, Jenny. You're, it's true. It's true. Oh, my God. How dare I? You what should know better. With me? Honestly. I should know better. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then that is, that is it. So the last scene is all of them together. Miles and Iris are there at Graham's house with the girls and Amanda's there. They're all just having a merry old time on New Year's Eve. It's such a like funny final moment because it's the first time we see Iris and Amanda in the same room. Yeah. Like, they don't even know what each other looks like. You know what I mean? Like, they have no idea. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, Miles is incredible with children because he's perfect. And, like, why wouldn't he be? Right. 
Of course. And they have this, like, lovely, I mean, they really do. There's, like, so many cute, lovely moments. Like, Iris and Amanda kind of get to hug, and um, Iris and Graham, and and um, Amanda and Miles, who we do forget, kind of know each other. And know so, each like, other. I know. I kind of forgot about that yeah. to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's this really sweet moment, but you're just kind of sitting there thinking, are any of these relationships going to last into the new year? I know. Right? Like, yeah, I know. It's odd. It's odd. But you know what? (laughs) Happily for now is better than... Happily, yeah. Happily for now. (laughs) That's what they say, you know? Happily ever after or happily for now. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? All in all, super fun holiday movie. Beautiful cinematography. Beautiful sets. Like super great dynamics between everyone like it it was great despite all of the like slightly problematic aspects of some of the of the movie that just have not aged well that that's really yeah what it is. they're very of the moment yeah like i mean look it it's been 15 years oh. you know yeah no, yeah no, i don't love that yep. It sure has. So yeah, it's it's been fifteen years. Things some things don't age. They don't age well. No. <laughs> I mean, and then this is my last fun fact. In two thousand nineteen, at the Jumanji premiere, Variety asked Jack Black what his favorite Christmas movie was, and he said it was Elf because he loved John Favreau and Will Ferrell. And they told him that he was being really humble for not picking his own Christmas movie, and. He was like, do, wait, do I have a Christmas movie? (laughs) And she was like, the holiday? And he's like, oh, yes, the holiday. Definitely the holiday. Definitely. Nancy Myers. Genius. (laughs) (laughs) Like, can you just imagine forgetting that you're in a movie? Like, I know that has happened. Didn't that happen to Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah, she forgot that she, she forgot that she made uh, Spider-Man. That she was in Spider-Man. For like five minutes. Was she in, oh, was that what it was? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She has like a little so like cameo funny. scene in the end of I think the first Spider Man, <laughs> and she like totally forgot. And John Favreau was like, "We were we worked together on it. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh my god. I mean, did you like it? You still liked it after oh, all this time? I still liked it a lot. Me too. I did. I mean, yeah. Of course, parts of it don't age, but like. The performances yeah. are so great. The chemistry between Kate Winslet and Jack Black is so good. And so good. Eli Wallach is so enjoyable. So enjoyable. He really does make the movie for me. And I I love yes. his storyline so much. Me too. Me too. Okay, so, listener. Because this movie was made 15 years ago, Daria and I were talking about what it would be like if they remade the movie because as we know hollywood is super into remaking old movies that um have come and gone um so we decided to do blind castings for this movie and we're gonna surprise each other with our castings for iris and miles and amanda and graham and also um who we think would play a good arthur are you ready I'm ready. Okay. So, who do you, do you how do you want to start? Should I just go through my list? Sure, yeah. Okay, yeah. You go do your do your list first, and I will read my list. 
So for Iris, I picked Natalie Emmanuel from Game of Thrones. Oh, I like it. I like it. Because my dream Graham, and I don't know if you can guess, is Reggie Jean Page from Bridgerton. Oh, I like that a lot. Don't, I mean, like, it's, he'd be so I like good. It. Yeah. And then for Amanda, yeah. I needed to pick a, like, super bubbly blonde to carry in the footsteps of Cameron Diaz, and I went with Amanda Seyfried. Okay, yep, Who yep. I think could do a really good job. And then for yeah. Miles, I was trying to think of someone who's just, like, really charming, but a little alt and, like, kind of dorky. Yeah. Um, and I went with Jason Siegel. Oh. Oh, I could see that. Because, like, he's so good in forgetting Sarah Marshall. Like, yes. and he still has a little bit of, you know, like, appeal. Yeah. So I thought yes, he'd be good. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then I just went buck wild and decided that Danny yes. DeVito would be my Arthur. Ah! <laughs> I love it. I just, oh, my God. I just couldn't I love think of Danny another DeVito cute old so man. Much. Like, he's, he's so Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, he would be, like, a filthy version of Arthur. Yeah, like, it would yes. be a little bit of a dirtier vibe, but, like, I think it'd be a good update, you know? Oh, my God. So, yes. So, yes. Okay. <clears throat> yes. Drum roll, please. Yes. Okay, so for Amanda, I have Tessa Thompson. Because she nice. just has that, like, she could bring, like, a fancy... 2021 vibe to Amanda. I like that. Um, and then for Miles, no, sorry, for Graham, I picked Tom Hiddleston because <laughs> I'm sorry, I love Tom Hiddleston. Well, and after watching judge. Loki, I'm sorry, I just feel like he would be a great Graham. I think he's super charming. I don't think he gets to play like chill charming people no. you know what i mean like that aren't he doesn't you know, not enough not villains enough. or yeah whatever. and then so for iris i picked Sertia Ronan. oh yeah she can do a really good british accent Sertia Ronan is irish she's irish and american but her accent but is very Irish, so I think... Is it? Like, okay, yeah, because yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I've heard her do a British accent, too, and it's quite good. Yeah, no, she's um, So, and I figured her and Tom kind of have, like, similar coloring, mm-hmm. so that... And then for Miles, I picked Donald Glover. <gasps> he can sing, yes. he can act, he can play the piano. <laughs> I mean, he's super cute, but he also super can be, cute. like, super goofy, you know, I'm thinking of, like, community Donald Glover. Yes! So, those were my picks. And then my honorable mention was my favorite old man in Hollywood right now, Alan Arkin. Ooh, yeah. I love him. Nice. So. Oh, we did good. We did really good. I love both of our choices. They are fresh, fun, and diverse. Something that Nancy... Has not sucks to do quite sorry. yet. <laughs> She's real bad at it, guys. Her movies are as white as her kitchens, let me tell you. Like, real white. Uh, real, real white. So, but she also hasn't really done anything since, like, 2015. Wasn't her, was her last one The Intern? Yes. Yeah. 
which was cute cute as hell yeah um but cute. yeah wow i can't cute. believe it's been so cute long <laughs> yeah so she's done two short films uh that she's written um but yeah her last her last um like full-length feature film was the intern with anne hathaway and robert de niro damn yeah so that is the movie folks a holiday classic a holiday classic so or as i have made it very well known i am reading only holiday romance novels (laughs) from now to the end of the year and I have a new one for everyone that just um, actually debuted yesterday. It is by my very dear friend, Sarah Whitney, and it's called My Fake Bad Boyfriend. And it is the most hilarious holiday novella. It's about a librarian who hires a friend of a friend to pretend to be a terrible boyfriend so that her family stops asking her to bring someone home. Um, And of course, hijinks ensue, and it turns out that Gabe is actually not a bad boyfriend. He's actually a great boyfriend. It's just a really, it made me laugh a lot. It is very low stakes, so there's not high angst. There is some real family Christmas drama that is just, like, so relatable. Um, And it is, like, a super quick read. You guys could read it in a day, day and a half. And it is just so fun. And so everyone should go to wherever you buy your ebooks and pick it up. It's called My Fake Bad Boyfriend by Sarah Whitney. Yeah, I read it on your recommendation, and I actually read it in one sitting. (laughs) I thought it was so So funny and enjoyable and, like, steamy and... The characterizations were so fun and real. Like, to do that in a novella-length piece is just super impressive. And, like, I I second the recommendation. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. So, everyone go and grab that. You will definitely enjoy it. So, we have made it through our holiday features. We did. And tomorrow is December 1st. Holy shit. And listeners, that means only one thing. Dun, 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 dun. It's witcher time. It's witcher season. We are so excited for the 18-day countdown. Holy cow. To 18 days. Ooh, ooh, ooh. December 17th, witcher season 2. With our favorite lavender-eyed, white-haired grump, Geralt. We do love a grumpy, grumpy do-gooding man. Do-gooding. We do. We love a grumpy do-gooder kind of guy. And he is that, if nothing else. Yes. So, next week, we will be kicking off a nice little recap of season one because it was a while ago. And we need to refresh ourselves before we start season two. So leading up to the premiere, we will be doing a two-part recap series about all of our favorite moments from season one. 
all of the questions that it left us with and what we think we're gonna see in season two yeah i just realized that i wrote i watched the witcher pre-pandemic yeah it came out december december of 2019 yeah and i watched it in january woof it is so weird to think about the world (laughs) pre-pandemic it just feels like forever ago now it just it blows my mind um what is time that should just be our slogan because we say it so often (laughs) it should what is time i don't know no well listeners if you'd like to hear more or you'd like to listen to old episodes you can find them all at www.hotelvicarious.com you can also email us uh, at hotelvicarious at gmail.com and we would love for you to interact with us on our socials at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hotel Vicarious. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for checking in to Hotel Vicarious. And we hope you enjoyed your stay. 